Welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Mindset Podcast, where we believe that in order to grow a successful business, you need just two things, the right marketing strategies and the right mindset. I am your host, Maria Benz, and I am the founder of MBM Agency, a digital marketing company who helps service-based businesses grow their revenue using online strategies. And I am here to share with you all of my tips and pointers every single week when it comes to digital marketing and business growth. Today's episode is sponsored by our premium Wix templates. If you're totally stumped on how to build your own website, but can't afford to hire a designer, that does not mean that you should skip out on the important things in the process like professional design, sales formula copywriting, and search engine optimization. Our premium Wix website templates are created with marketing and sales in mind. And the best part is that you can have a professional looking and functional website in just under 24 hours. Our website templates are completely stress-free. They're easy to use, so that means no Photoshop or coding required. They are designed to convert based on our signature homepage formula, and they are ready to launch as soon as you are done designing. So if you want to check this out, get it at mbmagency.com forward slash shop and use the discount code mindset to get 30% off. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited for today's episode. I think it will be an inspiring one. Today, I have Trevor Oldham with me. He is a 23-year-old entrepreneur. He went from making $7 an hour five years ago to running Podcasting You, which is a six-figure podcasting booking agency out of his dorm room. And prior to podcasting you, he started two previous companies and even wrote a young adult romance novel. So Trevor, Trevor, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you here. Thank you, Mariah. Excited to speak to your audience today. Yeah. So before we kind of get started on, you know, business growth, building all of that, tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and what inspired you to start your own business at such a young age? I think just like looking back on it, I'd always been an entrepreneur. I never knew it was called entrepreneurship. I can think back on the times where I tried to mow people's lawn, lawns. I would basically print uh, letters from my computer, go stick them on the telephone poles with the little thing that you can rip off on the bottom. I was doing that. I used to go into TJ Maxx and Marshalls and I'd buy clothing and try to resell it on eBay. I would try to buy and sell baseball cards. So anything that I could really go out there and make some money on my own. But I never knew that it was called entrepreneurship until a couple of years later, where as you mentioned, I was working a job, I was making $7.03 an hour, and I realized that wasn't going to cut it. But at that time, I was also a senior in high school, so there wasn't mm. that much readily available jobs where I could go out there and get a high-paying job. I was still a senior in high school, but I was, I was just thinking there's got to be a better way, I'm really just unsure of, of what to do. So we're on Amazon, typed in how to start a business. I found a book, I bought it, and it, it really just outlined the differences between the lower, middle, and upper class. And, and one of those differences was, is that the wealthy had gone off and started the business. And I thought back to myself, well, I've started these small little things, but you know, never really made more than $100, $200 here or there. Let me go out there and try to do something on my own. And I found these sites called Alibaba and AliExpress. And for those of you who are listening who might not know, those sites allow you to import directly from China. And I found these really cool phone cases. There were 50 phone cases I imported from Alibaba for $80, sold them on eBay, but 
What I quickly learned is that if you buy name brand products from China, they might be knockoffs and as did all my eBay customers. So I got all of those sent back, but I have to say they did make great Christmas gifts that year. I honestly, I still think I have a couple of them in my closet <laughs> just, just hanging out, but I was just like, wow, this is cool. Like I imported this product, you know, obviously it was knockoffs. It didn't work out, but where else can I find on these sites? So on AliExpress, I found these bracelets and watches, these bracelets, I'd buy for about a dollar, these watches for $2. And then I would sell them at a Shopify site. I would sell them for between $18 and $20 a piece. And it sort of just, I kind of just grew. And that was a company I no longer run, but that was called Trevor James Products. But when I first started that that company, I would import phone, I was importing different phone cases from AliExpress. I was importing bracelets, watches, all, all these different things from AliExpress that I could put up on my website. And then initially I had started my, built my first website on Wix. I found that to be the easiest website for, for those who are beginning. I, I probably don't recommend it using it now looking back on it, but I was able to go in there, design the website on my own. And then eventually when I started to make a little bit of money, um, transitioned over to the Shopify site, ran that company for a couple of years, even sold some t-shirts, but realized just wanted more. Mm-hmm. Started a motivational based company called Become the Lion. And that company grew super quickly. We had 600,000 followers in the first year, a blog, courses, book. But what I learned is that people absolutely love motivational content. They'll like, share, and comment on it all day long. But when it comes to purchasing your product or service, it, that's kind of where they draw the line. So mm-hmm. after about two year, two and a half, two, two and a half years of running that company, I just, I felt just super burnt out. And I just, I know we'll, we can touch on it a little bit later, but realized I just wanted to put up brakes on everything left that company and just unsure what to do next and started just freelancing some of the skills I learned, which consisted of blog writing, editing podcasts. And one day I saw an individual that wanted to get booked on podcasts. And at that time I had my own podcast and, and I was booking guests and I figured how hard could it be to get her booked on shows. So worked with her, got her booked on some shows, continued on. And this is, I was using the platform Upwork, just freelancing mm-hmm. on that site, found a couple more people that wanted to get booked on podcasts. And I found that it was a little bit more profitable been writing blog posts for people. I enjoyed it a little bit more and, and sort of just continued on with it. And it grew to this company that I now run today, which is podcasting you. That is awesome. I have like so many questions, but it's so funny because I feel like most entrepreneurs that I chat with, all of us, like at a young age are trying to start businesses without even thinking it, what it is, right? We, like you said, we, you didn't know what entrepreneurship really was or that word. I have such a similar story. I also was always trying to start random little things when I was younger. My first business that I started was also e-commerce. Um, I went on Alibaba as well, except I tried to do the drop shipping route. It wasn't very successful, but I'd learned a lot. And then when I started my business, I also started freelancing on Upwork and then it just grew and grew from there. But I have to ask, what was the book that you purchased? Honestly, I cannot remember, <laughs> remember the name of it. And I want to think like, now that I know a little bit more about business, I honestly think the person, because it's only like 50 pages long. I really okay. think that the person that wrote it probably hired someone on Upwork, like a site. And I know that there's that whole ebook thing where you yeah, yeah, yeah. have two or $300 to write the book. And then they, because there were spelling errors riddled throughout oh it. Oh my goodness. But I was still able to get, so it's, it's somewhere in my book. I got to look at it, look at it. Yeah, yeah. The name of it. Um, but if you find a book on, on Amazon and it's called like how to start a business. That's about 50 it's, it's just that that's pretty much it. That's a funny, yep. yeah, I'm a huge book nerd. So I always ask um, if someone mentions a book and I've, I've noticed a lot of people, um, they have these like 
defining moments and a lot of them are either they read a book or listened to a podcast and it really like inspired them so I always ask but that's that's so funny that you you mentioned about the Upwork thing because I like I remember seeing so many uh, jobs on Upwork about book writing um so if someone were to come to you and maybe they're young maybe they're you know um maybe high school or in college right and they're coming and they ask you like, I really want to start a business, but I have no money. What would you recommend to them? I would say probably the first thing above anything else is just getting self-educated. And obviously that's free where you're able to go down to your local library and check out books for free. And, and that's, that was the biggest thing for me when I was first starting off was just getting self-educated and some book recommendations could be, you know, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon mm-hmm. Hill. I remember reading Entrepreneur Roller Coaster by Darren Hardy. Any, any books by those two authors. I remember the the first book that was really influential for me was Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. Mm. And that really went into Steve Jobs' life. And I thought it was so cool how creative he was and how he was able to go out there and build Apple. And then he eventually got fired from Apple and then, and then came back and, and then came out with the iPhone and, you know, and what we know of today. And just self-educating was the biggest thing for me. And that just opened up a whole new world where it's like, wow, I can go out there and I can make money on my own. Because growing up, it's sort of that notion where you're just going to go to high school, you're going to go to college, and then you're going to get a job, and that's it. And then once I realized that there's this thing called entrepreneurship, and there's people out there that are starting businesses, that I thought that was pretty cool. But to get back to your question, anyone that was going out there and wants to start a business and they don't have any money, I would definitely recommend using a site like Upwork and just trying out on there. When I was first starting on Upwork, I remember I would take a gig; they would pay me five hundred dollars to write a two hundred, three hundred word article for some for some news company. And it was just, it just started small. It wasn't, you know, obviously $5 for an hour's worth of work isn't going to cut it, but I just started small. And especially on a site like Upwork, it allows you to build feedback on your profile, which six months to a year down the road, it's going to be a lot easier to get those high paying jobs where Mm -hmm. someone may pay you $30, $40 per hour to write content for their blog. So just really just starting small. And I, I think that's the biggest thing. So you don't need a website and you Mm kind of just need some, some basic writing skills. And if you have those, you can put yourself out there. And no one's, if someone wants to get paid a hundred dollars to write a blog, they're not going to take the $5, you know, $5 job. That, yeah. that, that's yours. That's, that's low hanging fruit. I remember I was writing blog posts for a law site that would pay me $20 per blog post. And it was just starting small and then getting my start. And then eventually, you know, over a couple of years, was able to raise the income on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Upwork too. Um, that was such a, a vital role in me growing my business. And when I talk to people today, one of the biggest questions that I get is like, well, aren't you competing, competing with people from like India or the Philippines where they are getting paid $5 an hour. And what I love about Upwork is they have that U S base where, um, companies go in there and they only want to work with U S freelancers and they are expected to pay, you know, a lot more than just $5 an hour. So you can definitely get paid pretty well. And something, I don't know about you, but I've had clients that I started working on Upwork with like three years ago, and I still work with them today now kind of separate from Upwork, but it's definitely helped me grow and scale my business in the very beginning. It's funny you mentioned, actually, the first client I took on on Upwork when it comes to getting the book done podcast, here we are three years later, and I'm still working with her. And even now, as I built my company, I still go on Upwork once a month. And I just, I just check out and see if anyone needs help getting podcasts, see sort of what niche they're in and then you know i'll reach out to them on upper price mm-hmm. even today i still it's a good marketing source i mean there's people looking <clears throat> for your services and why not yeah. just go go where they are and i find it it's really good when you're starting off because you might not know how to go out there and get clients and i think it's mm-hmm. a good door to go out there and work with clients and then the cool thing is if you do a good job generally 
not always, but they're going to have referrals to give to you. And then that's going to really allow you to build your company. And then eventually down the line, um, I'm sure as you did, you're able to take the company and not work on Upwork and work, you know, more in a, in a direct partnership sort of way. Yes. Yes. It is such a good tool for those starting out. Um, so you mentioned burnout a little bit, right? So I know burnout is something, unfortunately, I feel like we all kind of run into at some point in an, in, or another. And unfortunately, not just one time. <laughs> like, I feel like, I don't know about you. I've, I feel like I've dealt with burnout at least once a year kind of growing, if not more. Um, but how do you get yourself back into the right mindset after burning out? I find just taking a break and because usually the reason you are burnt out is from not taking a break. And I know with the previous companies, it was just, I would just work so much. I'd work Saturday and Sunday. I wouldn't make that much time for family and friends. And eventually it got to a point where it's like, I'm not, I'm not having fun anymore. And I think when you get to that point where you're not having fun anymore in your business, that's sort of the point of burnout. And that's what I see. And the biggest thing for me is just taking a break because I love working on my business. I don't want to get back to a point where I wake up in the morning and I'm saying, the last thing I want to do today is check with, check my email or be like, Oh, I have a client, another client call today. I don't want to take that. You know, I don't want to get to that point. And I know if I book, if I book like, let's say 10 client calls in a day or, or 10 podcast interviews, I'm not going to enjoy myself. So it's realizing that, you know, mm-hmm. I want to do one podcast interview per day. You know, I don't want to speak to more than a handful of clients per day. And I think just really understanding what your limitations are and not trying to push beyond that. I remember when I had a podcast, I would get up, so I would, I would interview some people around the world and I would do an interview at like three in the morning after doing an interview at 11 o'clock at night. And it just, it wasn't a good recipe uh, for, for success. Yeah. And I was just pushing myself way too hard where the business is still going to be there tomorrow. It's not a sprint. You know, if it takes you an extra month, an extra year for you to get to the income that you want to be making in your business, you know, just so be it. Your mental health and, and your wellness is going to be a lot better than you just crashing and burning because you just push yourself way too hard. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. And I think as entrepreneurs, we normally get started and we love our business. So, and especially like it's up to us, right? We kind of start thinking like it's as much as we work is as much as we're going to make. So I think we get into this headspace of like, I need to work and I need to do this. And you get so excited, but then in the midst of it, you're like, yeah, tired, overworked. And then I've realized too, like I had to start forcing myself to take breaks. Like, like you said, weekends off, and evenings off, I had to literally force myself because I would want to so bad. But then I've noticed in the long run, it is actually way more beneficial financially and mentally if I do take those breaks. So I think that's, that's great advice. Um, Definitely like, at least for the weekends, I find that's the biggest thing for me because I always want to work on the weekends. But if I take Saturday off and then generally Sunday, I'll look and, and just make a note of like what has to be done this week. What are the major products? or major projects, major calls this week. And I find that just aligning myself on Sunday for the rest of the week is perfect. But really just having that time off of all of Saturday and then the majority of Sunday, by the time Monday comes around, you know, I'm excited to begin working again, where mm-hmm. sometimes if I do push through the weekend, it's Monday and I'm like, wow, this, this kind of stinks. I have to go another, another five more days of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of work just, to, just to get a day off. So I definitely recommend taking, you know, some time off on the weekend for yourself. Yeah. It's so, so important. But what about what inspired you to launch your own podcast? I think one at that time, it was, we were growing rapidly on Instagram and we realized we didn't want to put all of our eggs into one basket. So I wanted to go out there and start a podcast. And that was super hard for me at that time. I was very introverted. Mm. Just the thought of interviewing people made me super nervous. I would hope that people that I'd scheduled to interview would cancel so that I didn't have to do the interview. But I find that just over time, it was pretty cool. You know, I don't run it now, but 
I sort of wish I still ran it, but I think for anyone that's thinking about starting a podcast, I think it's just really cool because you're able to interview people in your space. You're able to have these conversations. You're able to reach these high, you know, ranking people. And, and I use my age at that time. I believe when I started the podcast, I was 19 years old and I was able to interview some really cool entrepreneurs and I use my age as a factor. And the reason that they came onto my show was because I was a young entrepreneur and they could wow. remember themselves. So if anyone's thinking about starting a podcast, definitely use your age when you're reaching out together. I mean, I mean, it's a lot of work, but yeah, it was just, it was definitely, it was definitely a really cool thing to do. You know, I love that you mentioned that because I just had someone on the podcast. Um, I want to say like a few weeks ago to a month ago where he's really young too. And him and I related because I started my company very, very young and I was so embarrassed of my age. And I was like trying to hide it because I thought people wouldn't want to work with me because I was so young and they're taking these, we run a website design company. Um, but I started kind of in marketing and then we eventually niched down. So when I started, it was kind of like recommending, like we did websites, we did social media, kind of marketing in general. And I felt so weird because I was working with people twice my age, you know, or more. And I felt so nervous sharing my age. And I love how you just owned it. And that actually worked in your favor. <laughs> Almost certainly. I think even now running, you know, running a business, I'm sure, you know, as long as you do a good job for the client and, and you manage their expectations, they could care less about your age. And that's something that I really realized because I thought for the longest time, I thought my age would hinder me being, you know, 20, let's say 22, 21 at that time, who's going to want to work with me? I don't really know that much about business, but there's people out there that, you know, do have the money, do have the capacity and they'd be more than happy to hire you, you know, despite your age, as long as you can get that job done. So you definitely shouldn't let that be um, a factor when it comes mm -hmm. to building, you know, going out there and building your own business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've seen on your website that you've had, that you've helped people get booked on pretty significant shows shows that I listen to like Jasmine Starr, the Chris Harder's podcast. So what's your secret behind that? <laughs> I, the biggest thing is one, it took a lot of time to grow and, and to get to that space. I remember when we <clears throat> first started, or when I had, so at that time I was just running, running the company myself. Mm -hmm. I remember I, I took on a real estate. This is actually the first real estate investor client that I had. And I remember pitching her to real estate shows, not realizing that there's real estate agent shows, which is an entirely different area than when it comes to investing and, and the real estate agent podcast hosts let me know about that. <laughs> so <laughs> just, it was a little bit of, of trial and error, but what we found is that over time is, is really just being personalized in your pitch, making sure that you leave a review for the show, making sure that you mentioned something about the show. And, and what we found as a company is that sometimes we'll think a podcast is a perfect fit. Even when I'm pitching myself, sometimes I think a podcast is a perfect fit. But when I listen to an episode, when I do a little bit deeper digging into the website, I find that tip, it's not it's not a good fit. And like the last thing I would want to do is, if, is like, there's a lot of marketing shows. I don't want to pitch myself to a show that's all female, um, which has happened mm -hmm. in the past. I, <laughs> I hate to say it, but, you know, just doing digging, making sure that you're being, you know, I guess just, you know, good with the host. You're not really on there. I don't want to come on here and just, you know, promote my business. And that's the only thing I want to come on here and provide value. I like to tell my story, you know, talk to, you know, young entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that are going out there and starting a business and then teaching them how I did it and just providing that value and, and letting the host know that you're able to go out there and provide that value. And, and with our clients, you know, typically they're going to be successful, um, which makes it a little bit easier. We recently took on Jordan Harbinger as a client. So he's been able to open up doors for us, mm -hmm. getting him on these, on these top tier shows where, you know, the typical person might not be able to get on those, on those higher end shows, but it's, you know, our company really grew to that, that place. It took us almost three years to be able to really reach and attack these higher end shows. And that's, 
you know, tweaking the pitches, tweaking how we, how we reach out. And it's all this trial and error. And I think that's anything in business. Mm-hmm. The first iteration of your business is going to be way different than what yeah. you look at it to now, even on, on websites, obviously you do, you know, a lot about the first iteration you have of your website, especially if you don't have money, let's say you're just building it on Wix, for an example, you know, it's probably going to be easiest and you might think it looks great, but I guarantee you, you're going to change it, you know, five to 10 times in a year over the next year. And it's really just starting off. And then just over time, as years go on, just adapting it and just tweaking it, making it better. And then eventually when you can go out there and you have the money to pay people or hire like an agency like yourself to make it actually look very nice. Um, you know, that doesn't have to happen right away. It can come in, you know, a couple of years down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree. We, uh, I've updated, I think I update my website, like significantly myself, um, our own website. We update it like once a year, like a big rebranding. Cause we did, we did our website last year, exactly a year ago. And we were obsessed with it. And then like now me and my girls that work with me, we're looking at it. We're like, think it's time for an update but it's the same thing in business you learn as you go and you see what you need to adapt but I love that so before we go if someone is thinking about starting a podcast and you I know you've mentioned um some of them throughout the topic but if we have it in one clear answer here what are the true benefits of podcasting for entrepreneurs I find the biggest one is just networking and being able to talk individuals that you normally wouldn't have access to when I was running the podcast at that time I was able to talk to entrepreneurs such as John Lee Dumas and and Mike Dillard and Chris Ducker and and Dan Locke and just all these very successful entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and I can give an example Dan Locke who's he's I think he calls himself the king of high ticket sales and I spoke to him for an hour and then after the show he took 15 (laughs) minutes and talked to me about how I how I can improve my business and if you want to book a consulting call with him I think he charges like $50 per minute or $50 a second, something, wow. something very, very <laughs> expensive. But I was able to, through the podcast, to talk to him for 75 minutes, which I think is really cool. And I think most people want to go out there and they start a podcast and they're like, oh, I don't have thousands of downloads. I don't have thousands of reviews. But for me, it was always, I just wanted to talk to cool and interesting people. And I was able to network that way. And then now when I built the business that I have now, I was able to reach back out to some of those contacts I had previously who ended up becoming clients. And obviously I didn't think of that as that time, but the biggest thing is just networking and then reaching those mm-hmm. hard to reach people. It was just really cool being able to interview people whose podcasts I had always listened to or who I had looked up to and I wasn't paying them any money. They weren't paying me yeah, any money. Yeah. Only sweat equity was, you know, the four or five hours it took to produce the show. And, and other than that, it was just really cool. And I think that really helped me grow as an entrepreneur being able to talk directly with these people because there's not that many people that I'm surrounded with in my current area that think like an entrepreneur. So being able to talk to these people mm-hmm. and to network with them and to get into their brain. And plus on a podcast, you can ask them pretty much whatever you want yeah. and they're, and they're, and they're going to answer it. So if you bring on marketing people and you want to know how do I run Facebook ads, if you, you can talk to 10, 15, 20 people that have Facebook ad agencies. And I guarantee you, by the end, you're probably gonna have a good idea yeah. how you can run some good Facebook ads. So I think it's a it's a good learning opportunity there as well. I agree with you. I think that's my favorite part of it too is the networking. And there's so many times where I'm interviewing someone and I get off and I'm like, I literally feel like I just got off like a one-on-one coaching session because <laughs> I get into it. Like we get into, it. I keep it very conversational. And some of them, like I'll be honest, I'll ask like what I want to know from it. <laughs> I know I mean it's gonna be beneficial to the listeners anyway but I'm like really digging deep and I'm like taking notes as we go (laughs) I'm like after I take it to my team like okay guys Facebook group this is what we're gonna do (laughs) 
Um, so what is, on that note, <laughs> what is next for you in 2020? I think next is I'm actually going to be launching um, a blog. It's something that I've been interested in, something I've I've wanted to do that has, you know, pretty much nothing to do with podcasting, but it's more to go out there, teach people how to start a side hustle. And it's actually through my business that I had started, which is now podcasting you, I was able to pay off $91,795 and 10 cents in student loans in one year. Uh, nice. Graduating. So I just want to talk to people about my experience and to help them. Cause for me, I'm always thinking like, you should get out of debt. You should save money. You should start a business. And I'm realizing that a lot of people, especially the younger population don't have that great of an idea of how to do that. Um, yeah. I don't want to say I'm the absolute expert, but I've you know been able to go out there and accomplish something. So I just want to go out there and start a blog and, and share it. Um, so I'm actually working on that pretty much the last week or so. If anyone is thinking about starting a, a blog, I recommend there's a site called createandgo.com and they have a course. Um, it's a little expensive. It's $2.97, but it's, yeah. it's phenomenal. And I give the recommendation because I've had both Alex and Lauren, who you see on the site as my clients. Um, but when look, but when looking for blogging courses, they were definitely um, one of the best ones out there that I saw. I love it. So how can people connect with you online? They can definitely reach out to me um, on LinkedIn or Instagram, generally where I'm going to be um, the most. And that's just at my name, at Trevor Oldham. Um, and then also, you know, they can check out our website too, um, podcastingu.com. Awesome. We'll definitely be sure to include your link in the podcast show notes so they get can get connected with you. Um, if they want to connect with you or even if they need your services. So thank you so much for joining us on the show. I think this was definitely an inspirational conversation. Um, and I love, like I mentioned that before we started recording, I love kind of getting, digging deep and getting to know the backstories because sometimes people listening, they just need that like extra kick of hearing someone else's story to be like, wait, I relate with that. And I think I can do this too. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Well, certainly. And thank you again for Mariah for having me on. Of course. Awesome. If you've enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and leave us a review with your main takeaways from this episode. But thanks again for joining me today and I will catch you next time on the Marketing Mindset Podcast.